I'm Anna Newton and I'm Lily Pebbles and welcome to At Home With. Woo, this is episode two, season two. And thank you so much for all of your feedback on the first episode. It was amazing, it wasn't was it? It was so nice. I've been reading all the tweets and like people have been reviewing it again and everyone's so excited. Also, thank you guys for your feedback on this little like, intro part because everyone seemed to love it, which was good. I'm not going to lie. I love it too. Me too. Even if it means that we have to traipse up to London <laughs> like once a week to make it current. <laughs> not and... going to lie. Me and Anna just had like a mini argument before, which just shows our true friendship that we can get yeah. over it quite quickly. Anna was yeah. like, you made me run for the train. I'm like, I'm sorry, I had a house drama and we're both very hot right now. Lily was 20 minutes late. Oh my God, I'm not even a late person. She's not I even swear. a late person. So but bad. you know what? I apologise for my moodiness. <laughs> I think it's just the weather. It, it is. is very hot. It's so hot. But thank you guys so much on your feedback. It definitely cheered us up. And we thought we'd read out a couple of messages that we got. Laura Rowbotham said, so slick and professional. Love it. Definitely five stars. Thanks, Laura. Hi. And Emma Louise said on Twitter, brilliant guys. Really miss the podcast starting my Wednesday day off right didn't realize how ambitious Tanya is as an actress and a general person great start to season two heart emoji oh that's so nice I think Tanya gave a lot of people like a kick of motivation for the week and that's exactly how we felt after chatting with her and if you'd like to contact us then use the hashtag at home with dm us tweet us write us a comment on youtube all of that stuff and we might read your comment out next week Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, what have you been up to this week? I like this part. I loved your notes on this. I'm very (laughs) excited for you to talk. Go on, Lily. What have you been up to this week? I have full-on World Cup fever. And I'm I'm massively into it. And you know what? I wasn't at the beginning when it started. I really wasn't. And after that last game... I'm fully in. I feel exactly the same way to the point where I was online actually considering buying an England t-shirt. Like, I think I need face paint. I think I need bunting. Definitely. The last match was just... Oh, it's so good. And I love it. It just brings everyone together and everyone sings three lines and it makes me so emotional. It just reminds me of being a teenager because I was 15. I had to write this down because I couldn't remember. <laughs> in 2002, when we got to the quarterfinals. And did you watch Big Brother then? Because there was a girl on Big Brother called Kate Lawler, and she was so I remember cool. her. Didn't she win? She's I think blonde. So. She was like yeah. a proper Tom girl, and she wore an England t-shirt, and I just went out. I bought that t-shirt. I think it was from New Look. And I just wanted to be her, and now it's just reminding me of my teenage days. Oh, what else have you been up to this week? Apart from watching football. Oh, yeah, my highlight of the week. I liked this. Anna put in her notes, highlight of the week, and I thought we could do that every week. Yeah. That would be nice. So my yeah. highlight of the week is that my new wardrobes have gone in. Have they? <laughs> they have. Floor to ceiling wardrobes. My side is bigger than Rich's and it is great. The highlight of my week was my sister came to see me. We had dinner, but before dinner, we went for a dip in the sea. I can't believe you are insane. Was it not freezing? Yes, but <laughs> it's very refreshing. And actually, like, she was a bit scared, but we went in. I told Mark, my husband, I was like, you look out for her because if anything happens, you know, God forbid, it'll be on my back. You know what parents yeah. are like with the elder siblings? It's always my fault. <laughs> but she really enjoyed it. And Aww. it was just very refreshing, very like at one with nature. I'm very cooling because it's still absolutely boiling. Yeah. Did you wear like jelly sandals? 
No, um, we just had flip-flops. Oh, was it all like pebbly on the floor? Yeah, Mark made us leave them very high up the beach and walk down because he was worried <gasps> the tide would come in, which I'm sure takes actually quite a while. We weren't in there very long, <laughs> but that was really fun. And then we came back and watched Love Island, which if you're not from the UK, you've probably heard of this. I mean, I, I was thinking, how are we going to not talk about Love Island every week? Because it's, yeah, it's all I'm doing at the moment. Through fear of this becoming a Love Island <laughs> podcast, I will try and keep it quick. But I think it was on Tuesday and Tuesday's episode was fire. Like it was so good. It was just such a great episode. And the reason we bring this up is because Lily and I are actually on the Love Island podcast. The the official podcast. So exciting. It's called The Morning After. We're recording it tonight and it's going to be episode 29. So if you want to go back and watch that. Have a listen as to our Love Island thoughts. I'm so. Have you like done research? I feel like you're no. gonna. Okay, good. Don't like be really good and make me sound bad. No, <laughs> we will both be terrible. <laughs> I'm so excited. So let's talk about today's episode. It's with the absolutely lovely Erica Davies, and we left recording this episode buzzing. We really did. She is such a wonderful woman, and actually, this one is a really good one for all you interior lovers out there. And it's a really good one to listen to on the Acast app which is available on iPhone and Android and on desktop too, as you'll actually be able to see everything we talk about because we've inserted photos over the top. So you'll be able to see them during the duration of the podcast. I'm just so excited for this one. I love Erica so much. I started following her on Instagram maybe about a year ago and I just fell in love with all of her content. And I remember the first time I met her at an event and she's one of those people who's just instantly so like warm and welcoming and kind and I just knew straight away I was like I love this girl she's great I feel exactly the same way about her and Erica is a blogger Instagrammer and Instagram stories queen she really is who began her career as a fashion journalist and she's actually wanted to be a journalist since she was nine which is crazy absolutely crazy she now writes for her blog which is called theedited.com and it covers a bit of everything from travel to fashion and everything in between And we just really wanted to interview her because she is a huge inspiration to us both interior-wise. We absolutely love her interior insights, so we couldn't wait to see her house in real life. And we talked all about her home, how she makes interior decisions, and how she finds the best bargains, because she really does. She honestly does. Guys, she has a leopard print chair. (laughs) I repeat, a leopard print chair. I fell in love. Also, we discussed Jomo. Oh my God, I love Jomo. Which is a new thing for me. I didn't know that's what it was called. It's very interesting. You're going to want to know what that's all about. And also her top secret new project that she's working on. It's all very exciting. I really, really loved this episode. So I hope you guys too. So yeah, enjoy it. This is episode two, At Home With... Erica Davies. I just picked Lily up from the station. I got the train. Anna drove and we've just reunited. Nice to be out of London. It is nice to be out of London. And we're also wearing matching outfits. This <laughs> always happens. I'm in black dungarees and Anna's in like a black jumpsuit. I mean, at least we're not both in dungarees. I almost did do dungarees, actually. Gosh, thank God I you know. did. A, I'm yeah. really excited to go and see Erica. She's just one of my favourite people. So let's go, let's go knock on here. her door. We've got a bunch of flowers. Amy's like walking along with us here, <laughs> trying not to get tangled. Oh, and Lily's bag broke as well. So I'm clutching my bag under my arm. I look like a right mess. This way. Go on. Oh, I can wow. see her. Can you? Yeah. I can't. Hi. Wait, where? I can see her lovely Do you want to go in front? Oh, this way. Oh, this way. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Erica is like Fort Knox. Hi. Oh, so nice to see you. Hi, 
So now we've been chatting about all other things that are not related to this podcast. <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> for ages. I don't think we were ever going to get started. We're finally here chatting to you. And I think we want to start by talking about your kind of career and where it all started and how it got to here, really. You were a fashion editor, right? Yes. Which is amazing. So I was. I left university and immediately applied for loads of work experience. I was telling my kids this this morning. I knew from the age of nine that I wanted to be a journalist. So all of my progression, you know, GCSEs, everything, was geared towards being a journalist, English language at uni, all of that. So I knew that I wanted to be a journo and specifically a fashion journalist. So when I was about to leave university, I wrote to every magazine going, tried to get loads of work experience. But the thing that did it for me was that I entered a competition in the clothes show magazine. Do you remember the clothes oh show magazine? Yeah. Yes. And it was to win an appearance on a BBC morning show. Now you guys will not remember this because I'm older than you, but it was called Style Challenge. And it was like a makeover show where they used to spin the mirror around and I won it. I won this competition to appear on this show. And the woman who produced it was this fabulous girl called Jane Galpin. She did the clothes show program and she did loads of things. She works with Karen Franklin. She's still really involved in the industry. And I basically pestered her <laughs> to give me work experience. Wow. So she did. She gave me work experience down at the Style Challenge office in London. So I moved down, went to live with my aunt and uncle in Kent and commuted in every day. And I just loved it. And it was in the days before Google. So I had my little A to Z and I used to go and collect all the clothes from all the PR agencies around London and take them back and help out. And then that kind of led to me meeting the fashion director of The Mirror, who offered me the job as fashion assistant. So I went there. So I was there for three years, which was great. That was brilliant training. So I was 21 just loving life you know I was finally a fashion assistant on a national title brilliant and then when I was 24 I got a phone call from the Sun newspaper features director saying we are looking for a new fashion editor would you be interested and I just thought it's that imposter syndrome isn't it you're like yeah what what are you asking me for (laughs) also I'm from a part of the world that doesn't like the sun so it was a real thing for me to consider But I went to talk to them, I had the interview, and I just kept thinking, I'm 24, this is the biggest selling paper in the country, and they're asking me to head up a department. So I went. (laughs) (laughs) And it was was a bit of a weird week, I moved out, I was living with my ex-boyfriend at the time, we split up, and I moved out of the flat and started at the Sun on the same day. That's a lot lot to do. (laughs) That really is. Um, And I was there for 10 years, so it went from... It was a kind of double page spread where it would literally be an Anne Summers lingerie set to eight pages a week. We did fitness, we did fashion. I hired brilliant photographers. We went on trips. The team grew. It was just an amazing time in my life. There were four girls on the team. We were all the same age. We were all single at the same time. We used to go out all the time. And then I met my husband, who was a news reporter, and everyone settled down. But you know, it was just a brilliant, brilliant learning curve. I think if you can work on a daily paper, you can work anywhere. It literally sounds like a film. That, <laughs> that whole story just sounds like Sex in the City. Like, it's like Sex in the City meets Devil Wears Prada. Definitely. There was a lot of that. Paper. There was a lot of that. Really? Yeah, there was a lot of having to stick up for yourself. and Because nobody was interested. It was older men. I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> older men on a back bench who just didn't get it. You know, why are we talking about this? Because people are interested in it. And 40% of your readership are females. Therefore, listen to me. I've got something to say. 
So there was the Meryl Streep characters that you kind of had to... Mm. That's good, though. You developed a thick skin. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you can ever get thick enough skin to be on Instagram or YouTube. But <laughs> I think different level. it definitely <laughs> helps. And I think it gave me a real confidence in actually I know... I know myself and I know my decision-making ability and I will believe in this decision because I've made it and I'm yeah. sticking to it. Well, talking about confidence, it sounds like you've always been like pretty ambitious. You said you knew from the age of nine, which is yeah. really rare. I, don't, I, know, I still don't weird. know where I want to be when I'm older. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why do you think that is? Where You're not that doing too badly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. I don't know. I loved English. I loved writing. And I just had this, I think I had this highly glamorized perception of what it would be like yeah. I imagined myself swanning around and you know going to write these stories and filing coffee I think I I used to love all the old films and I probably had a sense of it from those yeah. and it was just a combination then of my love for magazines and my love of English and writing and I put it all together and that's how I knew I wanted to be a fashion journalist but yeah it is weird my son's eight and like, mean, what do you he changes what do you every, every week, he <laughs> oh, changes. Sure. Yeah, you're like, come on, you need to decide the career at nine. You've got one year left. Yeah, one year, what, what come on. What did you want to be when you were nine? Oh, pop star. Still really? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, and then my dad was like, mm, you're all right at singing, not that great. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I think I was pop Change star slash lawyer. Oh, typical. Because I was in, into like Boston Legal and my parents, we watched a lot of kind of crime dramas. So that was my, yeah. That didn't work out. <laughs> Again, you're not doing too badly. <laughs> so you worked at that newspaper for 10 years. Mm. I'm guessing over that 10 years, the internet sort of made things very different. When and how did that shift kind of change your daily grind? How did it affect your role? After I had my second child, I was made fashion and beauty director at Look magazine. And I went there and that was a real moment when Everything had to be 360. You had to be on all platforms. You know, people were going to different websites to look for different things. Bloggers, YouTubers had all kind of risen. And they had their own makeup line at one point yeah. as well. And clothing. I worked on a couple of their clothing oh, wow. ranges, which was, it was amazing. It was an amazing opportunity. But they were very, very aware that the internet was becoming this space that people were turning to for the information that they were providing. Yeah. So... And, it, you know, I always cite an example of when I was at The Sun and you'd write about the Oscars. So that would be a two-day process where you'd go in the day after the Oscars, you'd look at all the pictures, you'd formulate your plan about, you know, what you were going to do and the, the themes and the colours and who wore what and who didn't look so good. And it would take, and then you'd write it and it would be in the next day's paper. I mean, now you wake up in the morning of the Oscars, you've read it all by 7am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all online. Yeah. And that's what they're competing against. You know, there is no place now for showing celebrities like what they were wearing at an event last week because you've seen it on their own Instagrams that night. Yeah. And you've stalked the designer and worked out where to get the copy on the high street and all of those things. And it's just suddenly... So I think that was the point where I was thinking, hmm... And I'd already started my blog. I started my blog when I was on maternity leave. That's very forward thinking. Because I think some people can go on maternity leave, come back, especially during that time, and just be completely, like, overwhelmed and find it quite daunting. Like, the internet's changed my job role, how well, it was so before. It was your second maternity, which meant that you had a child. <laughs> a bit time. of spare time for blogging yeah. on, the, on the side. They sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I knew, because it was my second child, I knew that I needed a creative outlet and I knew that I wanted to keep my hand in with all the PR contacts I'd had for years and years and, you know, to write about things that spoke to me and my friends. So we weren't necessarily 
sitting there discussing breastfeeding, but we were discussing what was in COS. Or, yeah. you know, we didn't particularly want to know what the best bassinet was, but I wanted to know about nursery art and cool places to get, you know, cushions. So I wanted to include all of that. And it was really, really small. I used to just post little bits every day and it would be almost like press releases, but my version of. So I've seen this or I like that. And then it grew. I didn't really take Instagram seriously at all until I left Look. And then that's when I thought, right, I'm going to try this seriously now and think about this as, you know, this is my brand and this is kind of where I'm going. So when you left Look, that was it. You kind of jumped into the blogging, Instagram, social media world fully. So I'd been dipping my toe in with my blog. Yeah. And I was being asked more to do interesting things relating to my blog that I was having to turn down because of my job. Ah, there's that, there's that like tipping point, yeah. isn't there? You're kind of balancing the two and then one sort of tips one way. So maybe, for example, another magazine might have approached and said, would you be in this feature? Or And I had to say no to quite a lot of those sorts of things. But my husband was head of news at The Sun at the time. And my salary was basically paying for my nanny three days a week. And nothing made sense. You know, there was yeah. just no part of our life that made sense. James wasn't getting home till really late at night. I would be really stressed because I was supposed to be able to leave at five and then it was six o'clock and the magazine was going to bed. And I really wanted to get home and give my kids a kiss goodnight before they fell asleep. You know, there was yeah. just so many factors and I just thought, I something's got to give here. What if I give up and I just try and make this work? Whatever this is, you know, let's just try and make it work. And when was that? How long ago was that? Uh, four years. Four so you've years done ago. this four, t- four years now? Mm, wow. Such a long time. You are an insane multitasker. I feel like that whole story just proves. And also these days you have your blog, you have Instagram. You post daily on your Instagram, mm. if not twice a day. Once, usually. Once a day. Yeah. Your Instagram stories are legendary. <laughs> and you also have, you know, jobs and collaborations. You've had QVC, you've done some work with Next. How do you sort of balance all of those spinning plates. Teach us how to multitask. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys know. No. We don't have children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's another yeah. level added into this, Erica. <laughs> I think the key thing is learning to say no. I think you have to know when you've got enough on your plate. I think it's very easy to be swayed by all these brands that go, we've got some money and we want you to do this. But actually, I think it's easier if you take a step back and go, okay, how am I going to show this for a start while retaining some authenticity? Do I really need that? Do I really need that in my life? Am I going to be capable of dealing with the crap comments and the the negativity that's going to come alongside this? Probably not. Therefore, I'll say no. Mm. I now don't live in London. That means saying no to events and stuff is way easier. You know, I've only got a childminder one day a week. So I try and do everything on one day so I'll schedule meetings and stuff on a one day kids go to breakfast club I get an early train can get into London do all the FaceTime and stuff and then have a later night but I try and do it all on one day yeah um so it's just it is a constant juggle act and I never know if I'm doing anything particularly brilliantly to be honest because you know there are loads of times I'm massively distracted by a deadline and I'm on my laptop and the kids are trying to tell me something really important about their day and I'm like yes just watch another episode (laughs) of Full House or you know just try and try and you know you stay over there and let me just get on with this and you feel terrible but I'm freelance now and I do have to keep saying to them 
this is my job and I am trying not to look at my phone all the time but sometimes I just have to respond to things I can imagine yeah. that's so hard like I know how often I'm just looking at my phone doing stuff and if I had like a child there I think I'd feel guilty about it all the time but then it is kind of constant yeah you have to like lock your phone away you're quite good at putting your phone away oh, I love putting my phone away but then I love what you said about saying no that's yeah. like my biggest piece of life advice too is Knowing your schedule is done, it's full, there's no more room at the inn for meetings, events, that job, whatever. L- let the FOMO wash over you. Like it's FOMO. The FOMO it- doesn't matter. There's FOJO. What's oh no, fo- JOMO. What's JOMO? What's the Jomo? joy of missing out. Oh, oh I'm so for the JOMO. The JOMO. Anna's life motto. That is my... <laughs> <laughs> Because actually, you know, we're all re- we are really, really lucky, and we appreciate how lucky we are, and we do get invited to some amazing things. But dip in, dip out. You don't need to do it all. It's yeah. just no, just feeling content with what you've got. Yeah. You don't have to have everything. You don't have to go to every single event. You don't have to do. And every you don't have to feel job. guilty about it either. Like I think my biggest thing about saying no is just, I feel bad for the person that's inviting me somewhere. Yeah, but then you put there'll yourself be, first. There'll be enough people that say yes. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. No one's indispensable. <laughs> you ain't that special. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm and do you have like someone helping you with photos when you're doing? Oh, this is such it. a nightmare at the moment. I don't know. I feel you. I'm just. I don't know what to do about photos. I <laughs> think I get Same. just as good a response if I take it myself in a mirror. Yeah. Um, I've got a tripod, so I can do that. Yeah. I look enviously at people who just are out and about and get beautiful shots and editorial yeah. who's with shots. them who's seriously with them? i need to find more friends i know sometimes i'll be sitting at a cafe and thinking yeah this would be a great instagram no one with me <laughs> <laughs> i know you don't want to like organize to go for a coffee with a photographer that's not real life it's so different <laughs> but that's a really good idea yeah um i've got a couple of friends locally but it's their time as well and i'm not one of those people that's going to do 15 outfits in a day no me either because i get really bored it's and not real. Yeah. And then I've got to look at 15 outfit worth of my face on the camera. Oh. And that's just not, I don't right. want to ever do that. The good thing is that you do interiors. Yes. And you do a lot of lifestyle stuff as yes. well. Because you obviously, you were doing fashion sort of lifestyle yeah. bits. When did it go more to interiors? Is that something you've always been interested in? Yeah, that's always been my passion project. But I think Instagram's opened the door for showing that, hasn't it? It's yeah. just become this place. that And moving here, you know, we moved here two and a half years ago. And just the fact that we moved to a magnolia box that I knew had potential and I knew what I could do with it. And then just documenting it and getting such a positive response. And also, I'm not spending fortunes on things. You know, I'm not hiring an interior designer. I'm doing it myself. And we're doing it when we've got the money, when we've saved up. So we haven't done anything upstairs. You know, haven't done any bathrooms or anything like that. So we're doing it bit by bit. And it's such a pleasure. You know, it's such a pleasure because I love color and I love print and pattern and I love sharing it and seeing that you're inspiring people is so nice oh my God, yeah. I think social media has just made you able to be more than one thing it yeah. doesn't put you in this category so when you're a fashion editor it's in your title but yeah. on Instagram you can love fashion and you can love interiors I and... think that's what's brilliant about Instagram actually it gives people a voice and it gives people a place to show their talents off so if you're a stylist by name but you've never done it professionally but you're brilliant at putting outfits together. It gives you that place to do it. If you're brilliant at doing interiors, it gives you that place. If you're great at makeup tutorials, it gives you that place to do it. So I think that's what I love about it. It just democratizes everything. Yeah. And anyone's an expert. You know, if if you get followers and you get engagement and people genuinely like what you're doing, then you are an expert in a way because... 
people are buying into that and brands can see that it works. Yeah, people I want think, your advice. Exactly. I think your platform is like the perfect mix of fashion interiors. I mean, we're, we're both obsessed. Aww, we're big fans. fans. We're moving in with Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so talking more about your home, we want to talk about everything. But before we do, I think we should move to another room or area. We want to ask you where your favourite room is in the house. Well, my favourite room is the kitchen. Well, we finished last summer because we knocked two rooms together. So we had a very naff conservatory that was kind of stuck on the back of the house that was way too hot in the summer and freezing cold in the winter and it had double doors that then led into a very dark kitchen. In fact, it was the first time we saw the house and I said to my husband, we need to factor in whether we can afford to do that because that's going to make it for us. Mm. Yeah. So now we've got a big through room and we live in it. I mean, we're in the living room at the moment and we rarely use it now. This is a gorgeous <laughs> this, room. This room is beautiful. It's, what what colour is it? Like It's, it's like really a... similar to the colour I've got in my hallway, actually. It's a warm a, blue, isn't it? This is blue-y... Juniper Ash by Little Green. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Lovely and if I had a pound for every time someone <laughs> asked me, really? it's Juniper Ash. <laughs> Put it in green. your bio. <laughs> it's a gorgeous kind of blue with these mustardy accents you've got sunflowers loads of books amazing palm print chairs more than one bird in here i have to say yeah bird <laughs> oh yeah you've oh you do a love flamingo a bird don't you, and a parrot, parrot yeah <laughs> it's, it's tropical you know bringing the tropics to north essex it's a lovely room should we move into the kitchen you can talk us through it properly in there okay there's Plus, cake in there yeah as well. I was say there's cake <laughs> Now we are in the kitchen slash, what do you call this? Well, slash sitting room. It's basically where we live. We live really? in the kitchen. Yeah, this was the biggest amount of money we spent on the entire house so far. But honestly, it just makes me happy all the time. Anna looks like an angel. The sun Anna's just came just... through. The, there's like three <laughs> skylights here. And your face just lit up. I'm sunning literally. myself like a cat in this, in this skylight. It's, and it's so amazing. Nice. There's like three skylights. And then there's a wood burner in the corner, which just looks so cool. And this gorgeous like green sofa. I mean, Massive if you follow Erica on garden. Instagram, you don't have to use your imagination because... You've seen this room yeah, with the a million times because yeah. I've run out of other stuff to photograph. And it's with. interesting how it fits together. Yeah. I didn't really realise this is how your kitchen and this room were connected. Mm. Oh, really? No. Oh, I was your walking tour in your stories. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I thought I had. Oh, we might have missed that. Um, so then you've got this amazing massive dining table which kind of leads you into the kitchen. Yeah. Also, the chalk... Board yeah, wall. chalkboard wall, wall. Yeah, board wall. That's cool. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I was going to ask, like, are you regretting it? Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't regret it, but it doesn't really work. Oh, okay. Which is really annoying. It's mag- meant to be magnetic as well. So mm. I had this great idea that I'd get brilliant magnets, all the kids' stuff that I needed to remember, school trips, blah blah blah, all on there. No, no. Oh. And all of that's out of date as well. I've got loads of information about what the kids are up to all week, and it's all out of date because I. Need to work out how to wipe it off. So you're now thinking of like next project for that little wall. I quite like it being black though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll happen. We've got so many other things that we want to do. Yeah, exactly. And then your amazing kitchen, which really does feel like the hub of the house, which I also love that. We're making our kitchen like our main part of the house because it's just such a nice like sociable area. Yeah, it really is. Are you knocking anything through? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to become a podcast about my house. I'm just sitting, I'm watching, I'm like, this is very interesting. We can talk about that later. <laughs> I'm very interested, because this house, so before you lived in London, mm. and you always lived in, like, what, 1920s? Yeah, like, period yeah. homes. 
this is like a new home, old home. Mm. So when you came to see it... Under duress. Was it? Yeah. It, was un- right, so it wasn't love at first sight. No, definitely not. We had just made the decision to move out of London. Yeah. And I had this idea in my head, you know, that our money that we've made on the house in London might get me my dream double fronted, oh, you know. Yes. Mm. Uh, no. And <laughs> we've got a long way to go before that. But we looked at loads of cottages that had been knocked through to another cottage. So it had maybe two staircases. So many quirky properties that just didn't speak to me. They were tiny. My husband's quite tall. You know, all the doorways you have to consider. And then we came to see this one. And the reason we came to see this one was because the estate agent had said, same line into London, a little bit further, bit more for your money, great school. So like, okay, sold. So we just came to see it. And my immediate thought when we drove in was, okay, I don't, don't hate this. Don't hate this. Yeah. Good start. There's a lot of houses where we live, but it feels like there's a sense of space. And that's what I really loved. And we didn't have that in London. Although I did love my old house. Yeah, was and it, I do love a character house still. Was it difficult to move out of London? Or were you just like, I want the space, it's worth it? I found it really difficult. It was really my husband that was the one saying, come on. Now is the time. Before the kids really settled into primary school, my daughter hadn't even started primary school, so we were at a good time. He was changing jobs and careers. And yeah, but I was the one that cried for six months because I just, I had really good friends and I'd had my kids there and you build up that network of people that you can rely on in a crisis. And then if I needed to go into, you know, central London for work, it was really easy. I could nip in and nip out. Whereas now it's an hour in, an hour out. You've got to factor in all the childcare issues. But I think once I'd moved and I could see what we could do and we knew that we had the budget to do this room particularly initially. And then I started making friends. And for me, as long as you've got a couple of really good girlfriends, you're sorted. I think that's good. That's good tips for compromise there. Because I feel like that's something that you might have a cool little flat in the centre of a town and you're having a great time and then when you feel it's time to upsizing and money kind of doesn't get you what you want in the same location. I think it's probably a lot of people who identify with that moment. I know I do as well. I'm like, oh, maybe one day I'm not going to live in the centre of town anymore. But it is finding that compromise of that space and you've definitely got plenty of that going here. How did you add character? Because it still feels a bit like a period home. It's still got, I guess the, the ceilings kind of help with that. But was there anything that you did that helped sort of inject that period property feel? Thank you. That's a massive compliment because I still think, oh, does it look really modern inside? No, no, no um, not at all. I don't know is the honest answer. <laughs> I trusted my instincts with things. So, for example, I knew that I wanted to create a warm space in the living room because it's quite a large room and we've got windows on three sides. So we had really cheap, bookshelves built in mdf painted the same color as the walls but that instantly added character and yeah that is really like feel. really luxurious bookshelves and shutters and a shaker kitchen like, all yeah right, like, exactly period really period property but done in a contemporary way yeah. so it doesn't feel like it's a pastiche of a an old house yeah. in a new house definitely so yeah the shutters we put in pretty quickly and then it's just colors really so even though the staircase, for example, isn't a, it isn't a proper wooden staircase. It's just the plywood, you know, builder's plywood. But we've just painted it. We've just painted it black and still put the runner on, which I really wanted. So it's things like that that we've just added to. Added encaustic tiles in the hall because it's a hard-wearing floor. 
they make me happy every day. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly had to remortgage, but you know, <laughs> totally worth it. Totally worth How it. How do you find your ideas and like come up with decisions? And there's so many things to think about: what kitchen you want, what tiles you want. Are you quite good at just knowing what you want? Or I'm quite decisive. That's good. So if I know that I want a colour, I will only look at that colour and I won't veer from that. Mm. I'd seen a picture ages ago on Pinterest of the green carpet that's on the stairs. And then that was it. I knew I wanted that. Also, because we're surrounded by greenery, because it's in the countryside, it was almost like it was bringing, bringing a bit in. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, black and white tiles. And then it just sort of went from that. But we've gone for a fairly neutral wall. So this is blackened by Farrow and Ball, or it's actually a colour copy of blackened by Farrow and Ball, because <laughs> we've got a lot of wall covers to do. So I kept that quite neutral and then kept everything else colour pop but I'm quite decisive yeah that helps mm. I'm decisive about some things and then other things I'm like no don't, know. don't have an opinion on carpet <laughs> but then there's so much choice <laughs> yeah but that's the and thing so you always opinions. yeah but you're almost asking for opinions aren't you as well by putting it on insta stories yeah <laughs> yes Lily you are <laughs> I am. and I ask all my family it gets really confusing Rich gets so annoyed I'm like but I need everyone's thoughts before I can make my she own she's always asking about light fittings and I'm like Lily just go with whatever light fittings you feel go like. with your gut that's yeah. a good one do you just go with your gut or do you have yeah. any are you like oh if I've used that green in the hallway maybe I wouldn't use that elsewhere I want something to match like do you have any sort of rules or mantras that you go by or is it just like I like it it's going to work. Well, I must, I must subconsciously have things that are rules in my head. I think having been a fashion editor for so long, I'm very confident at putting colour and pattern together. Yeah. So that wouldn't bother me as much. The other thing I do think is it's only paint. Mm, yeah. If you hate it. You know, obviously things like flooring, yes, they're expensive decisions to get wrong. So you do have to take your time with carpets and things like that. But when it comes to walls, when it comes to sofas, even sofas, sell it. Yeah. Get yeah. another one. If you really hate it, just, you know, flog it and move on. Yeah. I think these things are not lifetime commitments. So just have fun with it. Is that the same kind of rule with trends then? Because I find that, you know, you're looking in a magazine, you'll be like, oh my God, yellow. I'm obsessed with yellow. I didn't realise it would be, but I'm obsessed with yellow. And then the next month you get a magazine, you're like, oh no, yellow's out, blue's in. <laughs> like you've just bought a yellow sofa. Like how do you balance being quite practical and buying things that you want to last versus kind of having Instagrammable home and buying what's in fashion? If you love it, get it. Yeah. I think with interiors, I've had loads of people have commented and said, you're going to be sick of that living room within a year well it's been two and I still quite like it mm. and actually they don't have to live here you know this is my home I want it to reflect my personality I want it to be a fun place for my children to grow up in I'm not like we discussed earlier I'm not decorating this house to sell it on I'm decorating it so that we can live here for at least you know while the kids are at primary school yeah so I just I don't subscribe to the fact that there are home trends obviously there are but nobody decorates in a trend way because they're big financial commitments it's not like buying a pair of shoes that you can wear a couple of times and then replace you know sofas are big commitments but don't go into it thinking like that just think I love this this is going to make me happy and that's good enough for me I think it's good you're basically saying don't be afraid to make mistakes don't be afraid you're going to buy mistakes. a sofa and then in five six seven eight years time be like oh god I'm really that so yeah. like you are and that's okay you buy some new cushions for it you send it yeah. on to a friend you put it on Facebook ads or whatever like I think that's a really good mantra to sort of think about do you have any advice because I feel like me and Lily aren't really there right yet with the kids thing 
Do you have any advice for decorating with children in mind? Again, just don't overthink it. You know, you could go down a route that will take you to all washable surfaces and... (laughs) Everything's wiped clean. (laughs) If you get there in time, the yoghurt will come out. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'm just, I've learned not to be too precious about it. I don't want my previous comment to sound like I'm a throwaway kind of a person because that's not what I was trying to say. But it's just about, yeah. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, exactly. I was thinking just kids get used to what they've got. My sister's got like a range cooker like you which is what we're getting and people who say oh we don't want that with kids because they're going to open up the ovens and stick their head in um, my sister's like my kids have never done that no. once because they're used to it it's not when new kids come over they're like oh oven because they're, they're not used to an oven being that low but their I've own kids I've never heard of anybody putting their head in the oven oh god <laughs> I literally I get comments all the time like especially my mum you don't want an oven down there when you've got kids I'm like oh fine but you know anything in a house could be a death trap it could be considered a death trap couldn't it yeah I've got a marble coffee table that the kids eat their yogurts on and watch Full House or whatever on Netflix. And they love Full House. That's the second mention. Honestly, <laughs> because it's on all the <laughs> time. By Full House. We're now on Fuller House. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. The so you feel like family at this point. <laughs> so they will sit there. You know, I had to clean it this morning because it was covered in sticky stuff. But that's okay. And that, that is, is okay. That it's well, That's West Elm, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that's a nice word. Speaking of things, speaking of West Elm... Where do you find things from? Because that's where I love following... Well, to be fair, I kind of know the answer to this question anyway from watching your Instagram stories. You can go to Sainsbury's and turn that into an interior shopping trip. It's quite incredible. And I'm like, I need to get rich. I need to go to Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Erica said this is me like that. It's like, what? Erica Instagrammed a bin and I need it. I need a fruit basket. <laughs> you too. Um, yes, because I do look at it as an opportunity for an interior shop everywhere. Any kind of junk shop, I am there. I love it. Find things. Because I definitely believe in decorating in layers. So get your basics sorted. So your walls and your flooring. Then you can add your furniture. But don't get it all from one place. You know, just wait, wait. Bide your time. Add your cushions. Buy another cushion on holiday when you see one. And, you know, it's all of that kind of stuff. And then I've gone to our antique fairs and bought stuff like the boulangerie sign on the wall. You found it. Mm. Wow. Harding lie. Amazing. Wow. And I think it cost a hundred pounds. It's you know, you can just get really interesting things. That's if why you just home, wait. It feels so you because you're right, it is all these layers, it's things that you've picked up in random spots. And we did hear a story about you hunting down a chair on Instagram DM. Is that true? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> wait, was this the letter? Oh my god, yes. Tell so, us the story. well, it was just before we moved here. So I was still living in South East London and I'd gone on a little trip to Crystal Palace, which was really near where we lived. And in the window of this shop that was closed was this amazing leopard print Urkel chair, which I absolutely loved. And I, I was, it stopped me in my tracks. I was like, oh my God. So I followed, I saw she had a little sign on it and I could see it didn't have a number. It just had her Instagram account. So I basically stalked this woman <laughs> and that afternoon she delivered it. <laughs> wow. No. Got a discount and everything. So there you go, yeah. that's, that's from junk shops to the Isles of Sainsbury's. Yeah. You really, you can get whatever you need. I like that it's a mix. I think it's really nice. Yeah, you don't have to spend a fortune. And then small independent businesses. I've bought loads of crockery. I love crockery, as you can see by my 
cupboard. I said to the kids this morning, do you think we've got enough plates? <laughs> you've got... Yes. You could have a dinner party here, not only because the table <laughs> is massive, but you do have plates for around 30 people. I, I do. do that. Like, for our wedding, we got all matching, and then I see a mug, and I'm like, oh, I like this mug, and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be the sort of person that has matching things, because there's always something new that I want, and then it won't match the ones we've already got. That's fine, though. Yeah. Erica's saying it's all about the layers. It's all about the layers and stalking people on Instagram for the (laughs) Hunt them down. Be tenacious about it. If you want something that is always a way, there is a way. So now talking about like sourcing things from all different places, if we asked you, could you think of your three favorite like home finds? And this could be anything from like a chair to a plate to a table. Okay. Put me on the spot. (laughs) Okay. I found on the stairs, I've got um, love written which are massive massive letters and I was in a local seaside town with my friend in fact I think we were doing outfits some outfit pictures and I was driving out of this town and drove past this shop and I just went (gasps) and they were just hanging by like a piece of string in the window with a sale sign on and I slammed the brakes it was the middle of the road (laughs) made my friend stay in while I put my hazards on (laughs) and as I went in I saw that on the sign it said something like 90 pounds I was like no 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 and uh, as I went in I said oh I'm just interested in your love sign and she went oh yes they've just been reduced to 30 pounds <gasps> before she'd even said anything I was like yep sold I'll take those oh my god didn't know where to put them at the time and then I just thought I'm going to put them on the on the wall I think some there've been various stories that because I've put them on Instagram quite a lot yeah, they're Instagram famous yeah yeah um and I've actually got a bit of a project coming up that will hopefully, I might be able to do something with them because it's one of those things that I get asked about a lot. Mm. So I'm quite excited. Ooh. But podcast is now then. I know. So that's your number one. That's my number one. Number two would be my leopard print Urkel chair. Where is it? Is it it's up in my bedroom. Oh. Yeah. And what would be my third one? Probably the family department sign, actually. Oh, yeah, I love that. Where's that from? So that, I commissioned that. It's an artist called Alex May Hughes, and I'd found her on Instagram. But my mum and dad have got a pane of glass in the house that I grew up in, which is etched with family department. So I grew up with that in our house. And then when we moved here, I wanted my own family department. So I asked her, and then we got married in 2009, so... That is I think I'm like so. It's giving me like that goosebumps. Have your family seen that? Yeah. Were they like, yeah, my mum was really touched, but always loved it in her house. And Aww. it was just, I think it must have been an old larder cupboard front. It's so nice. And it does mean a lot because it's also then something that I can pass on to the children. Oh my God. Oh my God. We don't normally I want to be in your family. Like crying, but honestly, I am so touched right now. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. <laughs> So we really hope you guys enjoyed that. We love Erica so much. Thank you for being guest, Erica. You were an amazing host and you also fed us lots of food, which mm. we really appreciated. And if you want to check out Erica, her website is the-edited.com and her Twitter and Instagram handles are at Erica underscore Davies. So please remember to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes and we'll listen on Acast if you want to see the photos. It really means the world if you do that little like, maybe you think we're a four star, maybe a five. Oh, That'd just, be amazing. I love when people leave reviews and we can read them yes so nice. and also tweet us using the hashtag at home with we'll read you out next week thank you sound and production by amy elizabeth thank you amy and that is everything we'll see you next week bye bye, bye.